Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to A Hoops Journey. Really excited for you to sit down with me and Merrick Klassen today. It was a great interview. Uh, a guy who has worked really hard and, and carved himself out a really, really nice career. A really, really good dude. Had an interesting path and journey in terms of why he made the choices he did to go where he went university-wise. Had lots of success at the high school level um, and was able to snowball that into a, a good pro career that's still going at 30 years old. Uh, playing pro in France right now. He's been all over and his journey's a good one. Don't forget, the way that you can support us with no money is to like, subscribe, and follow on any platform that you stream this uh, illustrious podcast on. Please do that. And then don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend. Um, Hoop's Journey has lots to offer. We enjoy these conversations and we need the world to hear them. We got big things coming and we only want to get bigger and better and have more people hear the stories of uh, basketball and people's lives. So stay with us and please sit down and enjoy the episode with Merrick Klassen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Hoops Journey. We've mentioned many times on the show that, that sometimes it's a struggle to try and connect with people because of lives and where they're located. This young man, um, everyone's a young man to me anyways, but uh, has given us, uh, you know, he's right in the hardest season with a month to go, working on some stuff, which we're going to talk about. Uh, a BC legend, I was looking through the old 50 anniversary program today. The young face has not changed that much. There's a, maybe just a bit of a better beard, but uh, <laughs> a former AAA MVP, um, a guy who has traveled the globe, literally, if we want to talk hoops journey, um, and he can correct me, I've got Romania, England, Turkey, CEBL, G League, the Ukraine, Poland, Czech Republic, and now hooping in France. Did I get them all? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We have none other than Mr. Merrick Klassen with us today. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, it's been an it's been, I want to say, a lot of months, maybe even years, how many we've been trying to connect to do this. So I appreciate yeah, it. That's okay, man. It's, you know, doing this is like makes you realize. But I, I think usually what happens is it's, you don't want to rush it, right? And you want to make sure it's a purposeful conversation and we both get something out of it. So your journey is a great one. So the good things take time, they say, man. So we talked about it in the start here. You know, you're, you got a month to go in the season. How are things? How's life for you? Um, the good, the bad, the in-between for you these days. I love it. Uh, you know, the pro-life is an amazing thing. I, I tell as many young kids and people as possible to, to have a dream, to get overseas, to experience living in a new country, um, not just for basketball, but just to be in a new culture, to experience new friends and um, different ways of doing life is such a blessing. So I'm over here with my family. I have my wife, Lindsay, and our, our son, Kingston, who's two. Um, hey. Yeah, Kingston, he's a hooper, man. He actually, he loves basketball more than me, I won't lie. <laughs> no, but it's been great. You know, France has been a blessing here. I started the year in the Czech Republic, uh, Champions League team. We had a buyout that when Champions League was finished, anyone could purchase the contract. So, <clears throat> so you know, January came um, and we, we finished Champions League and immediately a Euro Cup team bought us. So we went straight to to Promete, who's actually a Ukrainian team, their first place in the Euro Cup. Spent two and a half months there. And then the France team picked up our contract uh, to come for the rest of the season. So we, we've been here. We played nice. Paris on Sunday. We played Le Mans on Wednesday. And now we have Victor Wembiana tomorrow at home. <laughs> Man, the money doesn't sleep, hey? Yeah. And yeah, it's funny you mentioned too, you were trying to 
maybe connect earlier in the week. Um, and you're talking about like the, the spotty Wi-Fi. I remember because when we finally got Pangos on, he was in some random hotel and was like, if the Wi-Fi stinks, man, like we'll reschedule, right? Because you just, you never know what you're getting, but end up working well. But I had a good laugh when you mentioned that because it's like life on the road, man. Oh yeah. And the thing is like we, we, um, my last team in the Euro cup, we had, we had days where we were like five, six, seven days on the road. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, you do five, six, seven days in the road, you do two games. There's not enough time to fly back and forth. So, um, we had a game in Estonia, then we had to fly back and then we had to, uh, go directly to Spain and on the way, like, it was just, it was an unbelievable six, seven days on the road is, is different. Yeah, man. Good thing. You got a good wifey. Right? Yeah. Wifey's a kid, right? So it's, yeah. she, uh, she holds it down out here for us. It's a huge thing. And I, I'll say, man, a lot of pro guys, um, that, that have good careers, long careers, especially they have, they have a partner, you know, that's, yeah. that's a big, having someone to come home to and, uh, especially for like a mental space is, is huge. Yeah. Now, are you like a, is it like, let's break down the game when she comes home or practice? Or is it like, this is an <laughs> opportunity to get away from it and just sort of clear my mind kind of thing. Like I know my wife, she's, she's 4'11", she's a skier. She wow. knows nothing about basketball. So I know when I walk in the door, like I just let it go, right? Cause I'm like, any conversation we have, she's not even meaning to ask me these questions cause she doesn't really care. But I, I enjoy <laughs> that side of it because it's like, it does give me an escape, you know? So what's, what's your go-to or your brand at home? That's funny. No, my wife, uh, she, she played basketball, uh, in college and she also ran track. So she, she's a former athlete. Um, so she go. knows, she knows a lot about, uh, just, just athletics in general, but also with the game. So we, we also try not to do too much though at home. Sure. And we I've learned that one of the big things I've learned over the last seven, eight years as a pro is, is you have to take mental breaks away from the game. Um, if you constantly focus and hyper-focus on it constantly, uh, the overthinking game is the worst, you know, yeah. trying to be in present, trying to be playoff instinct is always the, the, the fastest way of that flow state. Um, and then coming home and, you know, you had a bad game that for me, maybe I had three, four, five turnovers, whatever it is, or missed shots for other people. Uh, you, you can't focus on it. You can't hyper-focus on it. You got to move on. Sure. Who's the better athlete? Oh, wifey, for sure. There's no question. She was a, she was like a serious athlete. Like she, um, all kinds of offers, the tour ACL, her, her first game uh, of high school basketball still ended up signing a track contract was yeah. a uh, national uh, champion heptathlete. She's a beast, which Jeez. is why my son has a chance. My son has a chance. <laughs> That's the point. The the point is Kingston has a chance. So. <laughs> Heptathlon's no joke, man. Holy smokes. That's, no a, different, right that's a different kind of animal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm going through, I have a little uh, uh, plantar fasciitis right now. And okay. we we're just chatting about how, you know, injuries in sports and, and track especially has so many foot injuries and they just have to work through it. Like, sort yeah. about it. Yeah, no doubt. Well, let's get into it, man. Awesome. Uh Young boy from all the way to Yale finds himself in France. We'll, and we'll get to the in-between here. Talk about you as a young kid growing up, what it was like um, and why sports was important to you and, and you know, getting involved in basketball. Awesome. Um, okay. So starting from just an early age, I was, I was always around the game. My dad was uh, the director of athletes in action for basketball. Legend. Uh, yeah. Dave Clausen, right? He, uh, man, OG for a lot of people, like he coached in high school, he coached I've at, seen uh, that mustache in so many photos. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the man is crazy. The man's won like three or four uh, high school championships as a coach. He coached at Trinity Western, you know, he was an assistant coach there. He's assistant coach in other places. Um, did a ton of, uh, you know, AAU, I guess is what they call it now. A lot of that coaching and a lot of mentorship. I mean, he did uh, hundreds of camps for athletes in action. So I was always around the game, even from, you know, age, age three, four, five, had a ball in my hand. Uh, played every sport possible, um, but then AIA was one of those first ones. Hey, like they were, they were one of the OGs, especially on the West Coast, to like yes. really do it, like as an organization. You know, 
Yes. So for me, one of the biggest memories of, of my um, like early high school days where I really fell in love with the game of basketball was, so I, I love soccer too. I, I love soccer. Um, yeah. But I, I was, I was a grade, like, I think it was grade eight or grade nine. And my dad called me I'm at his office in, in Langley and mm-hmm. Hey, like, what are you doing? Do you have your basketball shoes? No, I uh, know. I don't have anything. <laughs> He's like, okay, well, Hey, I'll get you some shorts. I'll get you some shoes. Steve Jansen wants to work out. Um, Steve Jansen. Yeah. Steve Jansen wants to work out at Trinity Western and he needs a rebounder. Like, I don't know. Steve Jansen is like, yeah. Who is that? You know, he's like, oh, America, like, you know, he's one of the best shooters in all of, like, literally all of, all of Canada, potentially Western Canada for sure. Uh, he's playing his third or fourth year in Germany. This dude's a legend. Get over there. I'm like, all right. So I went to rewrap this guy. And, I'm, and you know how it is, like, you're great acre, and you don't want to do these kinds of things. You, you think that you're the man. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went there and, and, we're, and we're doing this workout. And he had this drill where uh, you started, um, I think it was you start at five or whatever it is, or maybe start at zero. And if, if you make a shot, it counts as one. If you miss it, it's negative two. And you really go to plus, you know, if you first get the plus 10 or negative 10, so it's whatever the dude went 10 straight and it was my turn. And I like went five misses in a row, negative 10. Like, okay, fine. And then you know, he did it again. And he ended up making 50 shots in a row from three in this, in this workout. And this, and I was just like, I was so, I was, my mind was so blown that there was another, there was a whole nother level of shooter that I had never seen before. And it was that I had never seen anyone make 50 in a row. It didn't matter if it was free throws. I, I don't know if I'd ever seen that. So yeah. And it was like, it, you know, that was a good workout for Steve. It's not like that was a, like, that's 50 in a row, 50 in a row. Yeah. Um, but still it was, I, my mind was open to there's, there's people that are so much better than me. I couldn't even imagine until that point. Uh, and that same thing has occurred to me in so many, but that really opened that area of my life. Like I, I can, I can be so much better than anybody I've ever seen around me. Um, and I'm not comparing myself to these people anymore. I'm comparing myself to Steve and to Danny and to, um, you know, all these other guys that my dad was bringing through the, through the thing. So developed a real love for the game, met some pros at an early age that I think was huge mm-hmm. to, uh, to give me that love uh, and, and that appreciation and that, that genuine like drive to become a pro. I think it's dope that you saw it that young and you're hungry for it that young. Like that's interesting. <laughs> it's, one thing to, it like- it's one thing to be hooked into the game and like followed out around and be in the gym or whatever, but to actually like be around those guys and then actually start to think that it's interesting. Like for instance, another one, I was in grade 10. My brother was in grade 12. That, that was the year that Yale won the championship. Uh, and we were in the summer at athletes in action camp and all the guys from Yale are there. So like the best team in the province is represented there. Seven, eight guys from the squad. And at that time, like it used to be your whole basketball team would go to these camps together, you know, and you'd, you'd all hoop together. So there was like, let's say there's 120 kids or something at this camp. All the other guys are there, the best players in the province. And uh, this, this coach, Dave Daniels, I don't know if you know Dave Daniels. Yeah. So, okay. Raptors guy, right? Like, you yeah. Know, yeah. yeah. Back up Steve National, you know, played on the national yeah. team. Um, so this, this, I didn't know I did again, who this guy was. And he shows up like midway through the second day. He's a coach. He's so short and he's kind of thick. Like he doesn't even look like he's in shape. And anyway, my dad starts talking him up and, uh, and, and, and Dave is like, I don't know, whatever saying something. And my brother's in grade 12. says like, nah, Steve, uh, nah, Dave, I can beat you one-on-one. And he's like, what? Say less. Okay. Next time out, like next water break, let's go. So anyway, they play one-on-one. He just immediately three zero. And the kids started wanting challenging him. So my dad just said, line it up. Everybody wants to play. Uh, Dave lined it up in the gym right now. My dad was like that. You know, he just kind of really had the energy piece. And yeah. Dave, he smoked every single great. Tw- I mean, it was like, now that I'm a pro, I realize it. But, you know, it's so easy to beat these high school kids. But he took sure. every single high school kid, scored on him, scored on him, scored on him, <laughs> over and over. And then just like, once he scored, get to the back of the line. Scored on him yeah. again, back of the line, scored. It was crazy. He went through like, I want to say 40, 50 kids and then just said, I'm tired. I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. This is how like low level this is. And it was again, another thing where I, I was like, Whoa, there's people out there mm-hmm. that are so, so much better than this, that it, it again opened my, and tried to expand myself, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. That's cool, man. It's like when you frame it like that, right? Like it's like when dudes think 
I, you know, I could go in a shooting contest against so-and-so. And then you're just like, do we really know how good these people are? Like, they're oh, no. so good, right? Like, so good. Yeah, you go in an NBA shooting competition with someone, anyone can shoot, anyone can make 10 in a row if you just stand still, right? 10 in a row yeah. from one spot, there's no problem. Sure. But if you want to make 10 in a row with a defender on you, running from multiple places, you know, after doing this workout, after being, yeah, it's, it's a totally different world. Yeah. And then, so that, you know, those, those high school years, big years for you, right? You know, 09, you guys finished seventh, right? You're a second team all-star 2010. You guys win it all. Is that mm -hmm. true? Was it 49, 40? Yeah. Yeah. And I scored, uh, yeah. And I scored, I think 25, 25 yeah. and yeah. <laughs> I thought we, we won it. Uh, I, as a coach, we won in uh, 2014 and it was like, I think we scored 53 or something like that. And I was like, that might be one of the lowest scoring games. And then I saw your score. I was like, damn, it was a that's joke. crazy. But that's, I, I mean, yeah. Hey, it's, it's, it's a grind, right? You're, you got high school kids in big arenas, four days to try to win it, like fatigue matchups. I mean, I don't know how many times you saw white rock that year when you guys won, but just talk about those high school years and how important they were and the success that you had and were able to, to build off, right. The baby faced assassin in those photos, man, it's hilarious. Um, mm -hmm. you look so young, but just good years playing in the Agrodome and competing yeah. against, you know, getting a chance to play against White Rock. Like, I mean, obviously mm -hmm. Yale is a dynasty program too. Um, mm -hmm. And just to have your name kind of engraved. I mean, you probably haven't been back to the BC championships in a while, but they've got like huge poster boards and it's like every MVP of all time. And you're one of those people, which is pretty dope, man. It's really cool. Yeah. Actually, I've never been back. I've yeah. never been back um, since I graduated, but well, yeah, that's very interesting, you know, but, uh, no, 20, 20 or 2008, we, uh, well, my brother, we, we won there and I was on that team. And, and I remember my dad brought all the guys that weren't seniors into the, into the middle and said, Hey, remember this moment, feel this and, and want this again for yourself. And next year, the year after that, we were just as talented the next year, but we had a guy go down with a serious injury in the semi mm -hmm. quarterfinals. And then the next year we won again, um, didn't lose a game that year at all. Uh, and 49, 40, I think I had 25 and 17, more than half the team's points. And I missed eight free throws in that game. It was like, Guys could have had 33. yeah, well, I mean, could have had 33, like in a, in a game like that. And that setting is, it was special. Uh, it was mm -hmm. a special time. And like, I was again, like on top of the world. Um, I had already signed, you know, in January to go down South and we did, that was gonna be my next question. Yeah. So you were kind of just hooping, right? Confident. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I think it's like my, my story is different than a lot of other people's, you know, I come from a strong Christian family. Sure. Um, you know, we have, we have a, a big, a big faith-based background. And my parents were like, you're not going to college uh, unless you're going to a Christian school. And second, um, second, you, we'd have, we have no money for, for college. So if you don't get a scholarship, you're also not going to college. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that, I think I remember that it was like my grade 10. I sat down and like, Hey, America, pretty good at basketball. You're also pretty good at soccer. Just so you know, you're not going to college. Like we can't afford it. You're going to have to do a gap year. So if, if you don't get a scholarship, you're not going. Mm -hmm. And that was a big motivator for me, you know, and the realest thing. So the first offer I took, uh, first, first, you know, full ride offer I had, I took it. When I was in San Diego playing at the tournament down there in my grade 12 season. Um, had to, had some other offers my grade 11 year and, you know, but just kind of floundered out, nothing crazy. And then grade 12, same thing, had some offers, but nothing like full ride. Hey, we're going to take care of you. Uh, mm -hmm. we're going to look at all these different things. And, you know, we went down and played in that Tory Pines tournament. Um, you know, I, I had a really great tournament. We played Kyrie's team and, uh, yeah, next thing nice. you know, full ride offer, took it. San Diego, took it. I'm going to college. Um, so yeah, was, was, the was the focus, the States, or was it just when time comes, whatever the best offer is financially, like what was your thought process there? Like knowing that probably America would be able to offer more money just in general. I mean, Canada would love it and all you sports amazing, but knowing that the chances of you getting five years of everything paid for, is kind of a rare thing, right? 
Well, I had, I had all the offers, like I had so many offers yeah. in grade, uh, even in grade 11 from, from U sports, like all of them mm-hmm. that, um, that I never, uh, I never really considered it because I already had like New Mexico state had offered me in grade 11. Uh, I think, um, I don't know what else there's Sacramento state, like just some smaller schools like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Mexico state wasn't the school it is now, but, um, yeah. Anyway, so I had some of those offers and I, I, once I saw that I committed myself to, no, I'm going to, I'm going to go down South. And even though there were some, some really heavy uh, other offers from here and like, it's funny because me and Matt Leckman and Tommy Scrub, we all went on an SFU visit together. We did a UBC visit together. Like we just kind of all did it because yeah, yeah. Rounds, but it wasn't, it was never something that I considered. Yeah. I forgot about Leckman until I saw the photo. I was like, that guy was a beast, man. Oh, what? Yeah. Six, six. And his, his high school beard was impressive too. He did not look like he was in high school, man. <laughs> Big Yale, big no, Yale farm boy, man. <laughs> we didn't lose a single game. We not a single game in Canada, and we didn't uh, lose a game in America. We went to America. We we won every tournament we played in. You won that Tory Pines. That's the crazy thing. We went to the Tory Pines tournament, and mm-hmm. we were sma- We were like in the third division or something, smashing mm-hmm. teams. Like literally after our third game, we're being teamed by so much. So like, hey, w- there's a team in the second division that had some sort of issue. They can't make it. You guys are in the second division. Sweet. Mm-hmm. We won two games in second division. We're on the last final day, and they're like, hey, look. We're going to put you guys into the first division. <laughs> so we, <laughs> it was wild. And we ended up, uh, we played Irie's team and we did lose that game, but it was like, it never really went on our record or whatever, because we weren't even supposed to be in that division. It was like strange. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was a beast. That's Athletically, he was a beast in high school. He was, was he nuts? Oh, he, and he had like major, like not major, but he had some good offers in the States, but he just, you know, he was a guy who, again, parents focused on education, make sure you get a degree, make sure. Yeah. Cetera, so. Yeah. And so Point Loma, like, like you led the team in scoring your freshman year. I was all, yeah, I was all, yeah. uh, all American my first year and, and yeah, working conference and stuff. And right away had a, like much bigger offers, um, had USC, like I went, I went crazy at USC, I had like 15 and five and yeah. coached with me and, you know, USC called in San Diego state and some other places. Um, I tried to transfer that year. That was the year. Plus my coach left. Um, okay. He, he became the athletic director after my first year. Yeah. So then it was like wide open, but uh, it wasn't the same as now. It's like the portal, <laughs> you know, now yeah. it's like hey, I'm in the portal and then the next day you're somewhere else. Crazy. It wasn't like that. I had to present a yeah. list of schools, um, sure. blah, blah, blah. And uh, anyway, so what happened was the coach at San Diego, uh, University of San Diego, he came to Loma. He was, uh, they had just been caught in a, like a betting scandal at University of San Diego and they, they fired everybody, uh, all the whole thing. And so oh. he was a division one coach who just put a ton of more pros a ton of pros. And he met with me personally and said, Hey, here's the deal. Like you can go wherever you want. You can go to this D1 program. You can go to San Diego state. You can go wherever you want. But at the end of the day, if you want to be a pro, I'll make you a pro. I have these agents under my thumb. These are my connections. These are the NBA scouts that will come to our games. Um, I got it all. I got it all for you. If you want to be a pro, I'll make you a pro. And so I said, okay, I'll trust you. Wow. And that's how it went down for me. That's crazy. Yeah. And so like, obviously from more school and in like a small place in San Diego, you know, you got San Diego state, you got even your San Diego is bigger. I mean, maybe not better, but even bigger. Um, but I decided to stay because I, I, um, I wanted to be where I was wanted and not yeah. necessarily needed, you know, if that was, if that makes sense. Sure. Why did you choose to trust him? And to be honest, I didn't even get along with him. It's crazy. Like, <laughs> it's, it's I mean, crazy that's, that. I mean, that's like, I mean, player coach that happens sometimes, you know what I mean? Totally. Like, yeah. Totally. Yeah. And especially now, again, it's, again, it's seriously totally, totally different than when I was in college. Like when I was in college, it was like, you were locked in, you know, you made your commitment. Mm-hmm. It's like a two, three year thing. Like we, we argued a lot and we had some stuff and, uh, I tried to transfer again, you know, two years later. Um, and he just likes, like, I, here's my six schools. He said, no, 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 no. You can do this one. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, and then had to represent five new schools, get it approved by the administration. Then no, 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 no. You can check this one out. It was like, it was wild, but, um, 
what I will say is that he, he, he gave me a thing, you know, Merrick, you can be a great player. You can even become a pro if you want to. Here's the three things you need to work on. Uh, here's the two things that you're great at. And you have to have two great skills, um, two great skills to become a pro. And so he just had a plan, you know, he had, yeah. like he, he was on first name basis with, with Steve Kerr. And uh, every time we went up to the Bay area, we practiced in the Warriors facility. He had like big, big, big names in his pocket. Um, and at the time, and I still kind of believe this, it's all about who you know and less about, you know, where you've been and what it, more about who you know, you know? So that's, that's the kind of stuff. Like if someone knows people and they can get you in there, they can get you in there. If you're a basketball player out there in the lower mainland or uh, BC in general, and you're looking for somewhere to play, we have a proud sponsor and that is PGC Hoops. You can find them at pgchoops.ca. And the thing that makes them unique and that we're proud to sponsor them and them be a sponsor of us is it's a true nonprofit basketball organization found in the east side of Vancouver. The mission is cost-effective elite basketball for all. Find the website, take a look, register your kids, register yourself, look for the programs. And if you have any questions, reach out to me and we can contact you with the right people. This is a good program for the right reasons. We appreciate you, PGC Basketball. People will puke because I mentioned a thousand times I teach a leadership class. So if people that are like faithful to the pod will know that. But I consistently tell the young people, it is all about relationships. It is 100% relationships. Like if you treat people well, not and not, not the people that like treat you badly just if you're a good person and you have character and you keep connections and you that's literally what it's all about man i i couldn't agree more i couldn't agree more for sure and so i I will say that you know there's there's moments where i have regret about um you know i i was a maximized myself at point loma and i was you know did everything i could really and and there was definitely opportunities i could have left to go to a bigger program and and try to try to do something bigger in that conference or that place Mm -hmm. um i don't want to say regrets but it's, it's not regrets. It's the fact that I didn't understand that years later, how it would look on my resume. Yeah. Um, years later, I would get called from Canada basketball or even years and years down the road, even whatever. And it's always like, Oh, you played at Point Loma. Like, where's that? And mm-hmm. if that has something to do with the type of player I am today, mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, four or five years down the road as a pro, um, you know, you're meeting with a coach or like, you know, in an interview and he's like, Oh yeah. You know, yeah, it's between you and this guy from Kansas and da, da, da. I'm like, oh, that guy from Kansas. Yeah, he averaged like four points and two assists last year. Yeah. Why are you guys look at him? You know, and he's like, oh, well, then you went to Kansas and he's got this. So interesting how, you know, the, the name that you play, it does have a massive influence on where you go and how you play after. Um, there's there's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. And again, the connections. I remember I remember when I talked to the Carlton, <laughs> um, you know, I think it was assistant coach at Carlton and I got I had to go do my visit at Guelph or whatever. And they were yeah. like, America, you got to come to the East Coast. You want to be on the national team. You want to do other stuff. You, you got to come to the East Coast, man. That's how it is. And interesting times. That's how they sold it, huh? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's the same thing. Like, yeah, it's difficult, man. It's difficult to, it, it, you know, I met my wife at Point Loma. Um, I got a great education. I got my master's. I spent five years in San Diego. Mm-hmm. It, it was an amazing opportunity, you know, a, a God thing. There's no question. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's like, I do, I do have seen places where, uh, you know, it's like, Oh, you went from this small school. Oh shoot. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. And at the same time too, like, I mean, you're sitting in France right now, you know what I mean? Like, so it worked out, but also at the same time, maybe you do make that leap. Maybe you're like, mom, dad, listen, I, I want to go for this. And you do go somewhere and some, some guy who they think is a stud and better than you. And then next thing you know, you're riding pine, you know, like 
I don't know, man. There's, you know, like regret's a tough word. I, I think you, you good that you changed it right more like kind of like the what if, but totally. you wouldn't, you wouldn't change where you're at, you know? No, no, no question. Yeah. yeah which leads me to a great place. Like for, for being a pro, um, one thing I'm really passionate about for telling, for telling high school kids, especially in, in Western Canada, Eastern Canada is a little different too, but mm-hmm. in Western Canada, man, if, if you want to become a professional basketball player, and you're Canadian, there is very few people playing pro that don't have a passport. And it's really possible for like a lot of Canadians, you know, they have like heritage that's from, you know, either Africa or Asia or Europe. Um, sure. You know, Canada. So especially Canadians, man, we're all from somewhere. All from somewhere, you know, yeah. everyone's got history. And it's so young. Heritage. And if, if you're that kind of person, then, then really look into it because there's a lot of guys that are playing overseas at high levels right away because they can fit in on those, on those teams in Spain, Italy, Germany, France um, with those passports. So I, I feel yeah. like that's massive. Yeah, for sure. And like I was telling you, a good buddy of mine, Tony McCrory, was an MVP too. And like, yeah, he got his dual citizen in and he was able to just do so much more, right? So it's, that, yeah. that's a time, like that's 95. That's, well, that's like 99, 2000, where it's like, oh, you're going to go play pro overseas? Like what? Oh, like, like you know, <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, yeah, right? Whereas now, so for sure, that's definitely good insight. Um, how did you go about that first year in pro? Like, what was it like? You know, you go from, I think recruiting in Canada is an interesting process, but uh, you committed to an American school pretty quickly. You play your years out, get your degree. Um, you obviously met, met your future wife. So I'm, you're either married or dating at this time, but like, how did you figure out and what was the agent process? And, totally. and like I said, at the start, like your, your journey, your suitcase is full, man. You got a lot yeah. of stickers on it. Yeah. Your, your passport must uh, ran out of pages a long time ago. <laughs> so it's great, you know, because this is exactly I'm going through this process. Um, this this story I'm sharing with you now uh, about how I became a pro. I'm mm-hmm. talking to college kids all the time. Like I'm just talking with Tristan Matthews right now from UBC, mm-hmm. um, great player, and I think he's gonna be, I think he's gonna be a good pro. I think it's gonna translate. And again, it reiterating this whole process, it's super important you pick an agent that has a good place for you that mm-hmm. will place you in the right direction. It's super important that you uh, do your highlight tape the right way so that people see not the benefits of how you did in college, but how the benefits of how you will turn yourself into a pro. Um, and so I think I had some really good advice. I had, a, again, I had a coach who was super connected in the league and other places. I did two NBA workouts right out of high, uh, right out of college. Mm-hmm. And those, and man, let me tell you, it was hilarious. I did the Dallas workout in LA and yeah. uh, Phil and Tommy were both there. <laughs> it was amazing. I, I saw you did the scrubs and yeah. uh, it was awesome. It was so much fun with them. Yeah. Good times. But okay. So That's yeah, when you picked the right agent, um, I, I had a, a friend of mine who, um, uh, another pro who connected me to a Spanish agent and said like, Hey, we think that you'd fit in Spain. And uh, yeah, next thing you know, he was like, he was looking at some teams in second Spain and some teams in Portugal and some other places. And then this, uh, this um, team in Romania jumped on and they were like, Hey, you know, we love what you're doing. You know, we saw your film from this guy, from this guy. And uh, you know, this is the contract sign it. Like no one gets to be here. Da, 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 sign it. I said, okay. So signed <laughs> it. Uh, yeah. Signed like directly after the season. I want to say it was like, probably a month after the season. I barely even had my highlight tape and stuff out. It just, wow. it just kind of worked out. They were looking for the exact piece that I was. They're looking for a guy who could play the pick and roll. If anyone went under, I'd shoot it. And mm-hmm. a guy that was going to make the extra pass and bring, bring some leadership qualities, just e- even as a young guy. Mm-hmm. Done. So they just, they were like, this is our guy. You need to sign this contract. Signed it. <laughs> yeah. So that's crazy, man. <laughs> yeah. It's and, like, you know, it's, it's, sometimes, it it works, sometimes not. It didn't go well. This is yeah. the best part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was in Romania for, they were a great team. The team was awesome. We were, we were first in the league. That team ended up winning the championship there. Um, yeah. And we were like, I think 15, I don't know, let's say 10, 15 games in. Not even Are sure. you like 22 right, right now? 22, 23, 21? Yeah. 22. 22. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't know nothing. 
as a young man. Yeah. One tells this stuff to kids, right? Age, mm. even ages don't like ages are so focused on, Hey man, like what's your situation? They're living. This is what's going to come up. People don't give you the emotional or the physical or the mental support that you need or the understanding of what you're walking into. You're walking into a role where they do not expect you to be a star player, depending on the league you go to, you go to a high level fam fit in. That's your only job here. Fit in, understand the lifestyle, try and get your mind around being in a foreign country. If you go to a low level, no, now it's time to be the star. Now you got to show up. Now you got to be there every single day or they'll find someone else that wants it. Yeah. Um, so I was in a, I was in a pretty like, like Romania is a mid level. I was also uh, on a really good team and we were winning games and I thought I was safe and everything was great. And they came to me yeah. and said, Hey Merrick, like we, you know, we, we really like you actually. Uh, we actually love you. And we, we think you're a good player and stuff, but uh, we, we think we have a chance at the championship. So we're cutting you <laughs> and we're bringing in this experienced point guard. You are, I was like, are you joking? They're like, no. And he's, he's 33 at the time. So I'm 22, he's 33. He showed up in practice. He's like skinny, like 33. Like, I don't know. I was like, bro, I'm, are you kidding me? I'm picking him up full court every day. Like just going crazy on him. And, and like in my mind, I'm like, this guy is 11 years old and there's no chance he's better than me, but yeah. it's just the piece, the style, the fit. And they, they ended up going on to win the championship. You couldn't. Yeah. Um, Careful now. You're almost that guy, man. Exactly. So now, <laughs> like, well, then this year, right? So this, this is, a, I, I came to this team, you know, mid season. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I walked in and you can see it, right? Guys are like, oh man, like someone else is here to take role, take minutes, take shots, et cetera. And it's just part of the game. Now you have, you have to, as a pro, one of the biggest things is learning how to fit into a new environment and seamlessly and quickly is like that adaptability is massive. Yeah. You only have like a little window before next man up, right? Like literally as you literally, experienced well, first year, like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's something that you would never get in college, right? Again, in college, it's like, hey, sometimes you're out of a role for a month, then you're back into the role for a month and then the season, like, it's just totally different. Yeah. You make a good point too. A lot of people talk about, yeah, you get over there, new language, everything's new, your age, like what, 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 like, how are you raised? Are you a homebody? You know, you're far away. Like what's the, what is it like to live there? Is it actually nice? You know, like, so so many factors. Yeah. I think you, man, those factors are, it's like, it's like you need, you need an agent to connect you with teams and get you a job and to make sure things professional and the paperwork's right. You know, all that stuff is very, very, very important, but you yeah. also need like a, a mental coach, like a performance coach that helps you with just things that are, and so I've had, a, I've had a mental performance coach for three years now, mm-hmm. but I didn't have one when I was, you know, my first four or five years. And like, you can see all the things that I missed out on because I wasn't prepared mentally to walk into a new culture that was like 30, 40 years behind the one I was just at, mm-hmm. um, to walk into a style of basketball I didn't agree with, but I couldn't say anything. It's there's a lot of things that happen and there's a lot of places where you do. So that's why I'm, I truly try and open myself up to like, you know, Tristan, all these other guys. I, every year I try and talk to four or five of the best players and try and help them develop mm-hmm. themselves or get them to the next phase just mentally, you know? Yeah. Did you, your girlfriend or wife, which, did she come with you at the start yeah, or we, no? We, yeah. We left yeah. Romania, like I think 15 days after we got married, <laughs> we're gone. Really? Yes. It was crazy. <laughs> it's a crazy experience. So then what'd you do after, after that first sort of like, all right, we've got the old dog coming in. Yeah. Stayed there for, I stayed there for a couple weeks. We, we played, I play a game, he play a game, I play a game. And it was just like, like okay. my agent was like, this is not feasible for you. So no. you would sit like, and then dress, sit, dress. So you weren't actually gone from the team. It was just, they brought in another dude. Exactly. And they brought another guy in and it was like, you know, you have a certain amount of, you're only allowed six Americans, whatever it is. So we now we had seven. Um, and then, which again, at the time I was like, this is unbelievable. A guy's going to play. I'm I'm, going to sit in the stands. Are you kidding me? I was furious every time. And now I'm like, this happens in a lot of leagues. Like we just played in the Euro cup where we had eight Americans. So two guys had to sit every game. It's like, this is how it works, bro. This is how it works. Only those two guys are super fresh for the next game. And you can't take it this way. You just have to play your game. Like, and like you say, if, if you're going to be a, if you're going to be a biatch about it and whine and complain, it's like, see, I wouldn't want to be a, this is pro ball. (laughs) 
Like there's another yeah. body out there that we'll find that will, they'll, they'll take the salary, you know? So it's like, and like, I could have been a part of a championship team in that, that first year in if I wanted to stay and, and, you know, switch off and on. But again, that probably wasn't the right thing either. So I, we left, we left Romania. We got a contract in England, mm-hmm. um, which is a, which is a, was a step down as far as like level. Um, mm-hmm. but man, I was in a, I was in a mind space where I was just like, let me have anything. Just let me have the ball and I'm going to go nuts. Let me have my own squad. And I averaged 18 to eight, um, that year. And just, yeah, I took a team that was in last place to the playoffs, like just in a whole different mind space. So it was great for me. And, and, you know, uh, it, it was, it was a fun experience for, for, for Lindsay and I and our wife. We actually really enjoyed Romania too. And yeah. it's all part of the journey. It's all part of sure. the journey. For sure. Um, love the approach, man. Well, looking back on it now, I mean, you're still in it. What's been like, and don't want to like France, still France, but like, what's been a favorite spot for you? Just from a cultural standpoint, like what, what city or place did you like the most? Oh, fam, we, we, we loved Turkey. Like we loved, yeah. we spent seasons in Turkey. We played in Istanbul and Izmir and Istanbul itself was like, we, the team got us up in this like penthouse apartment. So we had like an overlook of the city. It was just, here we go. It was just, uh. It was amazing, you know, coming home, uh, the, the, the league was tough and coming back and like just seeing a city that never slept. Like I didn't, I didn't never seen New York. So I, I'm assuming it's like that, but mm-hmm. it was just this hustle about the life. It was our, I think it was our third year over there. And we we're just, my wife and I were just so, we felt so alive in that city and it was so much fun. And we we're winning games and um, it was great. And then we went back to Turkey again. We had such a good experience. We played in Izmir and that was like a stone's throw away from the Mediterranean, um, you know, right across from Athens, living in Ephesus. Like it, it was unbelievable. We lived in a resort with two pools, palm trees everywhere. <laughs> it was amazing. So Turkey was, was really cool. And then the, the, the country just, uh, is dirt cheap. So yeah. Yeah. That it's always, like, that always you know, helps. Your, your one American dollar went like nine times, you know, nine Damn. to one. Damn. So, best yeah. fans. What were the best fans? Uh, best fans, they're pretty close here. Limoges is pretty intense, like super. This this team I'm playing for in France is the first team to ever win a first of any any sport in all of France to win the European title. Like the, the really, title. yeah. So we have like seven thousand strong in every game. So it's popping off right now. Super, super. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow, uh, sorry, last year we played in Poland um, for a team that was like again the best fans in Poland. We played some really good fan bases, um, but there's something different about European fan bases because it's like not like a. It's not like a grade nine, 10 kid that's coming to the game. This is like a 40 yeah. year old man who's already had Cigarette. five years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> had five years before the game started, had five during the game. And he's, yeah. he's bet a thousand dollars on the win, you know? So he's yeah. like ultimately invested in the, in the pursuit of a win tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Hoodie on after a tough loss in the, when you're walking through the city. <laughs> oh man, it, you know, it's crazy. I, I've been, uh, I've had crazy, the crazy stuff, you know, we the best fans are also the worst fans. So sure. you have the best fans where they're riding, they're riding with you when you get big wins, riding. I mean, they're, they're showing up thousands strong to the bus at 2 a.m. in the morning when you're showing up with flares, they're, they're riding for you. Mm-hmm. Um, they're driving six, seven hours away to be in the stands for you. But those same fans, when you drop one at home that you weren't supposed to are sending me DMs, sending me messages saying like, I can't wait to see your grave site. I can't, like, so it's, it's really intense. Um, and that's part of the job, obviously, you know, that stuff is, uh, Again, stuff I had no idea I was going to have to deal with in my first couple of years. And yeah. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so it's good. It's good though. It's all part of the journey. For sure. Keep saying that. It is true though. It is really all part of the journey. And then, okay, let's like, let's touch on a little bit before we talk about, um, you know, a little business adventure that you're about to take, which I think is super dope. I had the opportunity to tap into a little bit. We'll talk about that for sure. Um, getting the opportunity to become and even just play for the bandits. Like, what was that experience like? Was that COVID? Before, before. It was, okay. Yeah, Bandits were before because uh, I remember I was overseas playing. I don't know where I was playing, but I was playing somewhere. And then, you know, I got a con- like 
um, contact from Dylan, you know, old, he's the president now, but he was like an old friend of mine, you know, Hey yeah. man, like, it's kind of interesting new, new league and stuff. Like, and I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to probably like rain check on that. I don't know what my plans are for the summer. And just cause I, I just wasn't sure. Sure. And then watching it, like I was overseas, but watching the first month, like, this looks really professional. I mean, this is really cool. Like great venues, great staff, good people. This is, this is awesome. So I came back and, and played for them. And it was my first time in, you know, my pro years plus my college years. Yeah. That my, my grandparents were able to come watch. My, my grandma came in a wheelchair. Um, something I'll never forget. You know, she couldn't walk down the stage, but they, they wheeled her in a wheelchair courtside. Like it was, it nice. was, uh, Amazing, you know, to, to do that and see that. And so like my whole, I mean, like I, I have photos from even last year where I played like five games or something, but mm-hmm. 40, 45, 50 me- uh, members of my family came out to watch because they've all heard of the things that I did when I was in high school, but they never got to see me play uh, mm-hmm. in college. They never got to see me play as a pro. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's cool, man. Did you did you process that? Like, you know, Dylan gives you the call or whatever. You're like, sure, I'll do it. Are you thinking at that point too, wow, this will be a cool opportunity or is it sort of like naturally morph into that where you're like, damn, this was a good decision because like, you know, it's pretty unique. That's why I was, that's why I asked the question, like going back and playing in front of your people is pretty dope. It's very, it's very cool. It's yeah. very, very cool. And again, before the CBO, um, like you think I'm, I'm also like a pro before that. So like it, mm-hmm. it, before that you come back and you have to train anyway. So you have to train, you have to put your stuff up, you have to stay diligent. And I just, I just, to be honest, the first year I was nervous because I wasn't, I didn't want to get hurt. I didn't want to sure. play in some. That's what I was wondering too. Yeah. I wasn't sure about the money. And I'm like, I wasn't sure about the money. And I wasn't sure about uh, if I play all these games, am I going to hurt myself in the game? Or am I just going to be like burnt out from it? And then not mm-hmm. be able to play again over. Like I was just, I was nervous about it. My agent was nervous. You know, he, he had like, again, the, he, most guys that do, you know, well enough overseas don't play in the summers because they need to relax and recover and all these different things. Yeah. So it, it was interesting, but again, it, it overruled when I got there and saw the professionalism. And again, like Dylan's running a great ship over there at, at, um, at yeah. the Venice. But yeah, I saw the professionalism, saw the way that like they're incorporating the the community and I want to be a part of it right away. And that was like, from me going to do the all, I want every high school visit. I'm there every time, you know, yeah, because nice. I, I want to show the kids like, no, I'm from this city, you know, and yeah, I've done this and, and, uh, and I want the next generation to do it too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Dylan, man. He's doing a great job and, He's a big fan of the pod and stuff, and it, it's cool. And it, it just one, I mean, regardless, it's another opportunity for kids to see pro level basketball and have hopes and dreams, right? And and uh, I think the Langley Events is a great location for it. They've branded so well, and like you mentioned, they do a great job in the communities and stuff. And at the provincials, they're always around. You know, like they do, they're doing a good job. So we wish them success. Dylan is a super hard and diligent worker. Like he's not just a hard worker; he's smart. Yeah. And uh, he's done by. But harnessing the power of the community to like to build a brand is the essential thing, you know, like forget about the basketball. Basketball is high level, actually. You know, there's good players there. Sure. But forget about that. It's, it's more about the impact it can have on the community. And for me, that's exactly why I'm there. So, um, you know, big, big shout out to Dylan, uh, you know, and the, and the team that he's built there. Um, but yeah. also, you know, one thing I, I want to mention too, I forgot in the beginning is, is for any high school kid who thinks they have a chance to make it to college. For any college kid who thinks, you know, and this is like, again, for my, for my guys in the Western, I know you got a lot of listeners all over, but my, yeah. my kids in Western BC that they don't have as much, you know, as resources and they don't have pro teams like every day, you know, yeah. you need to build a team around you that wants you to be successful, that makes you um, professional. Like, I don't know what that term other was, makes you diligent in areas of your life that you aren't. So mm-hmm. for me, when I got a, a sport, um, sport performance coach, Ian Perry, when he became my mental performance coach, it elevated me to different areas. hundred yeah. percent. It totally did. And then when I became, uh, you know, when I had a couple of major like, or small, small minor injuries and I got Greg Bay on my team, it's like I could text him anytime I wanted to. Boom. It was 
and my team elevated when all of a sudden I started working, having, having pro professional one-on-one workouts with, uh, with Yoshiah Burton and Abbotsford, it elevated myself. And so those are, those are my pro connections. And I built this team around myself that has now, now, now I can on text basis, lift myself up and elevate me at the mm-hmm. high school. It was the same way. You've got to find a college kid. You've got to find a college coach. You've got to find someone who can lift you up in different ways and build you around so that there's multiple people that want to see you succeed. And then you will succeed. That's how it works. Interesting perspective, man. Yeah. As opposed to, I think, especially at the high school level, you're kind of just waiting for it to happen, you know? Waiting. Yeah. Go knock waiting on doors. Game, yeah. When I have one game, I'm going to be like Steve Nash and I'm going to get one offer and I'm going to go to the school, I'm going to kill and I'm going to be an MVP. It's like, no. <laughs> yeah, <not> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Have you read The Mindful Athlete? Uh, the Mindful Athlete. Who's George, the author? George Mumford or whatever. He worked with the Bulls, worked with like MJ for years and Kobe. I'll give it a, I'll text you a photo of the book. It's dope, man. It's really good. Okay. And it's like, it's stuff like me being 45 now and still coaching. I'm like, damn, I wish, I wish I saw this stuff when I was 18. You know, like you talk about the mind coach. I'm like, it's crazy how much more we know, you know, and that's, that's. This is why like all my camps, I don't just do basketball camps anymore. You know, now I'm doing doing these guys, like Ian needs to come Oh, there's enough out there. They can go freaking dribble five basketballs and do a jump stop. You know, like it's all the other things. Yeah. Like, and you know, are, and what are you saying to yourself? You know, like, so, like uh, social media, this kind of stuff is the kids are dealing with a lot of different stuff. And I had to, when I was a kid, but mm-hmm. um, just the way you approach life and how you approach, you know, your own self-talk and all these different things are vitally important to how you're going to grow it. Not just as a basketball player, but as an individual. So I'm huge on that stuff. Uh, like I said, I have a huge faith background, but um, like my wife will attest to, you know, having that performance coach who in the back of my mind is outlining, you know, what's controllable here. Are you like, why I started this was because I thought I could be, a great basketball player. I love the game. And so am I still on that path? Am I still every day waking up trying to see how good Merrick Classen can become? You know, sure. like that's the kind of stuff that people need to hear. And, and grade nine, grade 10 kids, coaches yelling at you, who cares? How good can you become? That's what needs to go through your mind. I just got to pause for a sec, man. Got to pause. <laughs> man of Not faith, really. taking them to church on a Friday, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> taking them to church on a Friday. I love it. It's so true, you know man. How it is. You know how it is with these coaches. I mean, you're a coach now too, but my wife yep. is saying that, uh, her her sister has a you know a, a nine year old that first year of high school in, in America and, and Arizona is different but and and the coach is yelling at them and telling me has to play his role and all these different things and I'm like oh the cow play your role and I like you're you're yeah there's all these different things and there's all these like you know and I understand it but you have to fall in love with the game and the process and understanding that you know why are you here man is it you become like how good can Mary Classen become that's what yeah. I want to know that's why I'm still here it's true it is why you're still there. A lot of people you've probably seen walk away or haven't blasted or whatever, right? Still there, man. And that's, that's as you start to get longer in the tooth, that's going to be the edge, right? You need every advantage you can get. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah, you know, once you get to the pro level, it's different than college. You got to know yourself. You know, you're, again, your two skills that getting one skill is going to get you on the court, Ryan Pinot, uh, yeah. junior coach. One skill is going to get you on the court. One skill is going to keep you there. That's as a pro, yeah. you got to do it. Yeah. All right. Well, I love it, man. So good. Before we find out uh, your thoughts about ketchup on macaroni, let's talk about your next adventure that you're that you're working on. I mean, you've had yourself a busy day. Um, bump, bumped your uh, bumped our interview a few minutes so you could have another meeting, which is good yeah. and bad. Means like life's busy, but busy's good too. Man, means lots of good things are happening. So let's talk a little bit about that. I got to dive into the app, which looks pretty cool. But I'm looking forward to even checking out more. Let's let's chat about that in your next adventure. The best part about this podcast is not everybody's had the opportunity to meet me and I haven't been able to meet you in person. But if you know me, you know I have the body of an Adonis. But I also like a cold beer. Head to Parkside, support our guys, find them in the local government stores, whatever you got to do. 
If you're at a pub or a bar locally, ask if they're on tap. Give them some love. Our guy Sam and the people there have been so good to us. We can't say enough. We hope to see you at Parkside. Yeah, that's great. So I've been uh, developing an app, a basketball decision-making app for about six months. Um, six months total, been about eight months of, of discovery and all that stuff, but six months has been developed and finally it's ready. Uh, you Are know, you a techie guy? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I really, yeah. I should have like, I, going back, I, I would have loved to study um, computer science in college because I, I love the way it works, but yeah. I didn't personally um, develop all of it. You know, there's a team uh, in Toronto that we, that we hired. Of course. Uh, to develop a lot of like the front end stuff, but the back end stuff is mine, which is great. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so like basically I, I, I know my niche of who I am in pro basketball and how I can get there. And, you know, what Julie coaches told me, what NBA coaches told me, what overseas coaches told me is that you have to be able to read the game in the pick and roll at an incredibly high level, making the right decision almost every time. And then when you're off the ball, uh, when the ball comes to you, it needs to move, rotate, shoot, whatever you need to do in 0.5 seconds. You know, and that 0.5 decision making we all know is key. Um, so, yeah, so focusing on that read that read and react situation is, is all a basketball. And the, the whole point is that if you can know what your, what your, um, your read is before you catch the ball, mm-hmm. then you're going to become like, it's going to be easier for you to play the game, but also easier for your teammates to play, et cetera. Uh, so the, the, the point of the app is that I'm, I'm giving people these decision-making reads on film uh, with real live characters with my, they're going to watch me play overseas. They're going to watch NBA content. They're going to watch yearly content. They're going to watch content from Australia, uh, WNBA content. They're going to watch a ton of stuff. And it's going to be an example would be, uh, Merit Classic coming over uh, a top pick and roll. I get to the paint. I'm um, listening I, to I, you. I'm just scrolling on the app while you talk. So Okay. Keep I get going. a paint yeah. test at the elbow and I have an athletic big rolling. And so now we're at two on one and it pauses and it says like, what should Merit do? Or what should the person with the ball do? Should he shoot the floater? Should he lob it to the big man? Or should he hit the corner shooter? And you need to decide in five seconds or less. It's a shot clock. And the, and the shot clock counts down five, four, three, exactly the same house. And even faster in the game. Mm-hmm. But you need to be able to read the defense. You need to be able to see the, you know, what's happening on the court. And they're not all questions like that, but they're, you know, some tricky things, you know, thrown in there, but focusing on helping kids understand the, the, the vital reads that you need to be able to make on the ball, off the ball. Um, a lot of terminology stuff based in there as well, but all of it's with the shot clock, all of it's trying to pressure people to, to make them uncomfortable so that they can build that sort of knowledge in their own brain and transition it straight to the court. Because what I've found is that um, by increasing your basketball IQ, it'll, it'll directly increase your on-court performance, period, period. Yeah. No doubt, man. Yeah, it's cool. This is very cool. And you didn't mention the name. It's Hooper IQ. Hooper IQ, yeah. Is, yeah. yeah. And, so uh, it's going to be... Uh, yeah, talk, IQ, talk like about... Said, we had a like marketing, it, shot, marketing call just like 10, 30 minutes ago, an hour ago. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we're launching at the end of April. Um, Hooper IQ is going to be live on the App Store. It's going to be live on the Google Store, all that stuff. Uh, it's totally free. Um, my target market, it, you know, hopefully, is, is young kids that really are involved and love basketball. But to be honest, it's, it's really a lot of basketball fans, you know, if you're, if you're a fan of basketball and you just watch the plans, um, I don't know if you like watch the Laker game, but fam, why are the Lakers fouling a guy? You know, why is Anthony Davis I'm fouling a, a guy? I'm a Timberwolves fan, buddy. You're sick. You're sick. I you're am. Sick. I am. I am you're for many reasons, man. but that's one. Facts. But the thing is like, you were so How happy, bad right? was that game? Oh, it's terrible. Some of the decision-making and stuff down the, Oh, oh my God. I was like, I, can I get this two hours and 48 minutes back? Cause uh, Facts. Oh. It's like imagine imagine now coaches watch or sorry uh, watching those coaches watching the game going like holy cow we made twenty mistakes that are like brutal mistakes that cost us the game and uh, at the high school level there's a hundred at the elementary school there's a million and yeah. you know every kid starts like just slowly starts working their way up to where they maybe they can't have the skill yet yeah, to yeah. make these reads happen they don't have it yet but once if they know what they're supposed to do then we can drill those skills so if sure. I show a kid get in the paint 
draw two defenders mm-hmm. and they're going to have the big rolling. If the, if the big's not open, it's because the weak side corner tagged his defense. You're going to zip it over there to the shooter. Then we just work on those two skills. Yeah. You know, paint, paint, touch, pocket pass, paint, touch, pocket pass, paint, touch, zip the pass, hook pass, hook pass. And we work on those two skills. You understand the read. And then we have a coach drill it. Next thing you know, yeah. you know he's playing better basketball. Yeah. It's cool, man. I'm like, I love like the concept of having the leaderboards, like makes people be involved in the app. So there's like challenges and stuff and don't overlook like as a coach, like I know you're saying the the target is kind of young players, but I'm like, shoot, man, I can learn off this app too. Like maybe I don't know how to make the right read or, you know, I'm serious. Like, honestly, like there's, there's lots of resources here um, and lots of things that, cause it, cause then as a coach, I'm like, maybe I don't know how to teach that to that point guard or that shooting guard, right? This gives me maybe a different language, a different look at it. I don't, it's a, it's a resource. Yeah. Oh, man. Or like maybe as a coach and again, I appreciate you saying that because mm-hmm. there's a lot of coaches that um, imagine this, you know, you, once you, if you lay down the, the type of players you have on your team, you have to mm-hmm. like this is what coaches should do, right? This guy's a non-shooter, shooter, shooter, non-shooter, whatever it is. You lay yeah. them out and you go, okay, now what kind of offense is going to actually maximize these kids? You know, because if we yeah. have, had no shooters with the ball, then why are we running Steph Curry's offense? You know, it's going to just yeah. give us percentage opportunities. Totally. Um, like so, the one yeah, year yeah. I ran like dribble drive just because everybody was running dribble drive. I'm like, we suck at dribble drive. Right. Our kids don't know where the shots are coming from. They're no idea. <laughs> like they need, they need ABC as an option. You know, I'm like, this is terrible. Exactly. But, Everyone's running yeah. five out, but you know, they have nobody that can shoot the three. And it's like, okay, well, this is not going to win games. It might like, develop kids, but it's, it's really not, you know, it's, it's not, it's not teaching you how to play the right game of basketball. So um, anyways, podcast. Well, I just had a flashback of my T wolves. Sorry to cut you off. Anthony Edwards dribbling with oh, the man. two guards, just basically stacked at the free throw line and he's got nowhere to go and then would clutch his dribble. And I'm like, Oh my God, man, frick. I'm still not over it. As you can tell. I love it. Not those things. Those things will stick with you forever. I, uh, yeah. painful. So painful. I think uh, there's, there's a lot of avenues where the app to go. The leaderboard is really exciting because it's going to give you a leaderboard for um, like a global leaderboard. Cool. But it's going to give you a positional leaderboard. It's going to give you, how are you doing among point guards? How are you doing among kids? Uh-huh. Your age? So 15 to 18 year olds, how's, how, what's your IQ level like? Eventually it's going to have your team on there. So you're, you're going to identify with, uh, you know, with Yale basketball or something like that. There's going to be a way to identify yourself with there. And then you'll be able to see that. And I'm going to be super interested when the app develops there um, and you have your whole team on there. Mm-hmm. Are the five kids with the highest IQ ratings based on the scores of the quizzes, are those kids your best players? If they're not, what happens if you put those kids on the court at the same time? Right. What happens? If it's the highest level of IQ you have, does that just make the game flow better? Maybe you lose some games, maybe you win some games, maybe they're not physical enough to play, whatever. But sure. I'm interested to see what that looks like, that data. And I would like to see that even in the NBA. Show me your five highest IQ players by mm-hmm. position and put the five guys out there that have the best. See and so like now we're seeing guys like Jokic, right? Jokic, he, he's just as high IQ as a point guard. LeBron, same thing, right? These guys make yeah. everyone around them at all times. They yeah. also have the attributes, but yeah, that's where the game's going, you know? Get yeah. high IQ players on the court that have the skill and you will see better results. I think it's cool too, because with things like podcasts and stuff like that, like I'm hearing more and more, you know, you like when I grew up, it's like, you just watch the game, you see the highlights, you watch the game, you see the highlights. There wasn't as that much in-depth to it. And how many times I've listened to a podcast and, you know, former guys or current guys are talking about how smart X player is. Like, I think we just really overlook that. Guys get to a pro level and we think it's just natural ability and talent and hard work. It's like, no, they're making a read on every play. And these guys are so smart, right? So and smart. yeah. So it's, I just, man, it's, it's like space. It's like not just like people think, and then the thing is the terminology smart, right? What does that mean? Oh, you know, he made a great pass in the pick and roll. He saw the defenders. No, it's about terminology. It's about being seamless with all terminology in all plays around the world. It's about spacing on the court. Where do you go? Where do you not go? You know, knowing how to maximize your teammates off of certain spacing. 
knowing the scouting report for offensive defense, there's so many things. There's so many factors. A million. Um, and you, the see one as a, you see yourself oh, as a... Oh, sorry. You go, you go. One more thing. I'll ask my question. I think the last thing I'll say about the app is that yeah. I feel like this is the future of how we'll, we'll view sports. I, I was in um, England watching a soccer game, a Champions League soccer game, and the ball like went to a corner kick. I don't know. I, I'm not... Anyway, went to a corner kick and the announcer in that time, 10 seconds it took for the guy to set the ball up and kick it. He said, hey, there's a 30% chance he'll kick it here. There's a 60% chance he'll kick it to the middle and then the goalie will get it. And there's a 21% chance he'll play a little pass with his friend over here. And then boom, he played it and they're like, oh, okay. And then it gave the announcer, you know, 30 seconds of talking points on how this yeah. was going to happen. And boom, boom. That's how I feel like we're going to view basketball in the future. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a timeout and say, Did you, are you guys, can you guys fathom what Chris Paul is doing out there right now? He's yeah. making this defense and he's, he's taking everyone and making them look so silly based off of this one simple read. And he's just, and they're going to break it down. And that's how, and then the average viewer is going to learn about basketball and enjoy it better because now they can understand it. Yeah. Boom. I nailed it. I was listening to JJ today. He was talking with J.R. Smith and J.R. was talking about how annoying it was to chase JJ around all the time, but it was even worse because Chris Paul was always looking to get him a shot. Right. And you're like, just that little nugget. You're like, you already know it. But when you hear a pro say, Hey, such guy was doing this you're like damn chris paul actually is like that you know so yeah it's cool yeah do you see yourself being a coach you're speaking like a coach or is no, it just I a passion of basketball to, I, I like doing the individual stuff like i really like yeah. the camp and encouraging kids and empowering them um, mm-hmm. my dad was a coach for a long time but uh no i, I want to do something outside of outside of that i want to do something uh, like this like with the app i want to yeah. try and i want to try and um yeah i don't know to be honest it's, it's an interesting thing but i i'm in touch sort of like alex Sarama and some other guys that are sort of these these new thinkers of basketball, these new dynamic type things. And I'm, I'm interested to see mm-hmm. where the game's going to evolve into the next few years. And I want to sort of push it in that envelope. I yeah. want to, uh, you know, everything I do now, if I came around a camp for you for, you know, or, or just came as a guest coach, I would do everything decision-making. You know, I would, yeah. I would say like, you know, this coach, like Merrick's the coach and I'm just going to, I'm going to decide to play the pick and roll or I'm going to decide to play this type of defense or not. You just have to read it based yeah. off of it and like make kids fail up and down, left and right all the time. And, uh, once they learn and acquire the read, they'll learn the skill four times faster. We know that based on brain development. And so I'm excited to see like where that sort of gets that motor learning skill gets taught into it. And mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't see myself as a traditional coach just because yeah. to be honest, like I, I lived the so basketball. You're, sa- you're sane, I you're sane much. human being. That's why. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I've, you know, I've done this traveling and all this different stuff. Yeah. So many, I, can't, I can't do this as a coach. You know, my wife would shoot me. There's no question. Fair, fair. And no one would blame her probably, right? No one would blame her. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man, this has been dope. Let's get into some fun questions. We'll get you to bed so you can uh, rest up for the rest of the, the season. Sound good? Sounds good. Okay, man, let's get right to it. Canadian question. How do you feel about ketchup on macaroni? I'm all about it. Ketchup on that every time. Oh, and salt. His, ketchup and should, salt. And salt. You should see and his face right now. Folks. He, he, like, he lit up. He lit up with a smile when he was talking about ketchup on macaroni. It was like... <laughs> it's like it was seven-year-old Merrick back at home just getting some KD with a big old jar of freaking Heinz ketchup. Wow. Okay. Flavor profile. Yeah. And salt. Salt and pepper. Yeah. Salt and pepper and throw a little ketchup on there. That's the perfect flavor profile. Your wife try it? She's American. She probably My wife's like, American. Yeah. She, I wonder if she knows. Does she know about the ketchup and macaroni? Yeah. yeah of course. That's your kid, does your kid like, your, does Kingston like mac, uh, ketchup? Kingston only eats uh, broccoli and, and homegrown meat. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Gets ketchup yeah. if he does his hundred push-ups. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, Matt. It only gets worse. My kid's six and it's like dinner time every day is like, can you just put something in your mouth, please? Like, please? Like it's not even worth the fight. You know? It's like he'll survive without dinner. Just 
go play with your Lego, man. Um, okay, dead or alive, you and wifey get to go to the best seat in the house concert. You're taking your wife. Who are you going to see? The artist doesn't necessarily need to be alive. They don't need to be at their peak. For you, though, who, who are we going to see? You can give us more than one as well if you'd like. Oh, my goodness. Um, first of all, I'm not a big music guy, unfortunately. Uh, like, I just like didn't listen to music. Are your AirPods dead? Uh, yeah, good question. Um, <laughs> great question. <laughs> no, see, uh, I was listening. I was listening. You were a fact. You're onto it. Lindsay, what's your uh, top concert you go to? Artist dead or alive? Who would you come in? I go to Elevation. Elevation Worship. That's big. That's okay. a big one. Um, indoor, outdoor, outdoor, a nice California outdoor, day. Outdoor, yeah, outdoor, there you go. Yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> Listen, it's okay that you're struggling with. I'm just glad you didn't blurt out Drake because. Oh, I know. No, I'm not Drake. Drake. No, yeah. Man, you got to go to some concerts. Live music's good. It's a good time. Uh, really? Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know. Like, I, you know how there's things like I'm, I get impressed by like hockey players because I've never knew how to skate, right? Like, I find hockey super intriguing, right? When I go watch, and it doesn't matter what genre, what it is, when I see people like singing, playing instruments, I'm like, you are talented people, man. Yeah, no and to no make doubt. it sound good, I'm like, whoa, like, this is crazy. Like, I, I love going to live shows. I just, I just find it like nuts. Yeah. yeah Lindsay and I have, have traveled, we traveled in several countries and seen people um, uh, like, like at a bar, just live music. And then yeah. just like, like, wow, this person's super talented and stayed, you know, for, for a long time just to listen to that individual. But I actually like, I love classical stuff. I love, I love yeah. that kind of work. We try and do like the opera and, and, and the orchestra in every country we go to and hit that. So just, How just talented to are those people, man. It's crazy. Extremely. Extremely. It's and you know what's like people that, people that, uh, have to strive in their own field. Like excellence is attractive, right? It's such an attractive quality yeah. to go there and see someone do something like that. It's impressive. Agree. You've touched on a lot of people in this. Um, is there anyone you've missed who's been some of the most important people in your life? Obviously, you know, you got your wife, you talked about your dad, your mom. Is there anybody that you're missing? I mean, I think this question can break up into chapters, right? Depending on where you are and what you're doing. But um, yeah. anyone else that comes to mind that was kind of like super important to you? My family is very important and it's always been the rock uh, for me and my wife, obviously my son, but my immediate family, um, like I said, my mom and dad, my brother, sisters. Um, I have a adopted, I shouldn't say adopted. She's a foster sister, Linda. She's yeah. like 46 this year. Um, mm. and she has a, a bunch of um, mental disabilities. She's got a, a lot of mental handicaps. She's probably operating at like, let's say uh, a 10 year old um, for sure. her whole life, mm -hmm. but she is an incredible individual and, and she she presents so many challenges for our family, but it has given us such a, a humble approach to life and, and just a joy and a gratitude for everyday life. And, and she wakes up and she never, ever, not one moment of her life has been selfish and, mm -hmm. uh, and she grinds and like she doesn't know um, how hard she works and other things. And so she, she's given our family like an incredible uh, just drive for mm -hmm. uh, and, and just sense of gratitude and faith. And uh, yeah, so I mean, I always just want to thank God first and, and then my family, my family second. Mm -hmm. But again, I will say just professionally, um, what has taken me to the next level has allowed me to be, you know, an MVP in certain leagues and, and play at a very, very high level and get to the Euro Cup and stuff has been able to talk to a guy like to 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 Yosh um and handle a lot of my stuff. Ian, um, with the mental performance, uh have Greg and these other guys like having a team around me 
Mm-hmm. You know, I, I literally wrote my name down in the bubble and wrote, I need a physio. I need it. I need a sport. I need like a, uh, a sports mental performance coach. I need a guy who's going to handle my body in the off seasons. And I wrote those things down and I went and found them. And that took me to the next level, period. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't just about me checking in. It was now they're checking in on me and saying, no, I'm not going to let you be average. Like you hired me because I'm not going to let you be that guy. Whatever you're doing right now, listening at work, rolling in your whip, walk, going for a walk, whatever it is. Hang on for a sec. You like jerseys? You like stance socks? You like throwback? You like shoes? You like anything related to basketball? Hit up ATOB Ball. And if you're not able to be there in store at Langley Event Center, check them out on the web. And I guarantee you'll find something you like. Give us a mention and you'll never know. Shout out to our boy, Jeff. ATOB ball for life. You ever, uh, you know, Ernie Johnson from TNT? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You ever see his story about his son? I haven't. Check it out. Give it a Google when you're done. uh, He's got a pretty like low functioning son. And there's Mm. a, they do like a little uh, E60 on it, man. It's like, it's like a tearjerker, man. It's powerful totally. stuff. So, yeah. Totally. I tell people all the time, I like, can tell you met Linda, you can't understand what my family's been through as far as like, yeah. you know, the wake up every day and have gratitude to go and fight for something like playing basketball for a living is unbelievable, you know? They, you know, the research says, man, the people that show gratitude just live a happier life and they just have a clear mind, right? It's, it's interesting. Just being grateful for just the small things like our health every day is so vital, man. Something I try to do, you got a little pen and pad next to the bed. Just a couple things, even if they're super corny, it's like, hey, man, I'm thankful for that. Like, you know? Yeah. It's awesome. Good stuff, man. Um, Okay. Books or movies? Books or movies? What are you taking? Uh, I'm a big, I'm a big book, like reader. I was a big book guy when I was Let's go. Okay. Yeah. You got some all timers? Are you reading something right now? I'm a terrible reader. I try though. I try, but (laughs) what you got? Like what's, what's the go-to? Obviously, Bible's number one. Yeah, yeah. We don't need, you know, we already know. That'll Big solve your problems. Uh, read the word. Um, no, but I don't know. One of my favorite fantasy series of all time it just came out on... Uh, oh, he is. He's into it. Look at this, folks. He's like fantasy series, he said. Let's go. When I, when I was younger, it's the greatest, to me, it's the greatest fantasy series of all time. I read it when I was a kid. It's the Wheel of Time. It just came out as a, um, a TV series. The first season dropped, I think, uh, in the summer. Did you but watch it? it? Uh, I watched a few episodes. What if I caught a couple episodes? Man, it's crazy how like you just you don't watch any TV when you're overseas because it's just, it's just different. You know, it's... Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Was the book better? Uh, the books are unbelievable. Yeah. They're incredible. You know, I think it's like 13, it's Robert Jordan, 13 books. The author died in the in the middle of writing the last book. He wrote it. No way. Life. Yeah, it was crazy. So his wife and, and then they chose, it was his wife and they chose the top two artists from around the world to come and finish his last book. Wow. Um, so, that, you know, if you're into that and you're at that age and you're into the fantasy, check out the real time, the Robert Jordan series. Um, I read a lot, man. I mean, what, what are you reading right now? <laughs> I'm reading the book on John Thompson from Georgetown. Oh. Do you know that is the old John Thompson coach? Yeah, yeah. Came in as a. It's very good, anyways. Lots of like racial stuff and like being a, like he was um, illiterate when he was young. Like it's 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 interesting. Good read. Yeah, yeah. Cybersecurity. Also, like I think you got to branch out. You know, in these days you can do the audiobooks and stuff too. I I, I read something about cybersecurity. It's the billion dollar industry. Um, I just read something on. I knew I read the new Dave Goggins uh, book. Yeah. One. Um, Recently Are you going to check right now? No, no, I'm get, just gonna, getting, <laughs> gonna stretch. <laughs> and you know, hey, another thing, shout out, shout out to all the people in the world that stretch. You know, those people are too good. Dude, I never did it until I turned like 35. And then I was like, wow. 
Yeah. I've never done more yoga and stretching in my life because it's like, it's about survival, man. Yeah. It's about survival. My wife never read any books. Um, she read like three books before she met me in her whole life. And then we, we try to get into it. Like these personal development stuff is key and reading and it's yeah. great. But we also love the movies, you know, but again, you don't go to like, since we became, a, since we become parents, you don't go to movies either. So <laughs> what the heck? You ain't got time to do anything, buddy. And when right. Kingston finally puts the head on the pillow, it's like, can we just have some quiet? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I don't even want the TV on. Like, can we just, have we just listen to silence? Hear the, hear the lights buzzing. <laughs> okay. A couple more questions, man. Um, it's off season. You're going to break the diet for one day. You get to get one bag of chips. What's the greatest bag of chips? Greatest. I mean, I hate to do this. I hate to be that guy. Oh, I here hate, we go. I know. I hate to like go so cliche, but like, man, I got to take myself a bag of ketchup chips. I like just it's one not bag cliche of cliche at all, my friend. It's not cliche no, I mean, at it all. You know how the Canadian people are always doing that. Everyone's going to say the nice little barbecue from Houston chips. I don't know. It's men. Give me a bag of ketchup chips. And I, especially just one bag. I can't do, I can't do ketchup chips every day. Too tangy. Too tangy, but man, yeah. you give me, I'm into it. I'm into that. <laughs> I'm not mad at that at all. I am not mad at that at all, my friend. That's, you, it's your, it's your show. It's your episode, but you made the right <laughs> choice. No one, we're not here to judge. There's no guilt there. Have you had the ketchup Dorito? I uh, know. No, I haven't. Solid. I'll get on it. <laughs> Solid. I prefer regular ketchup style chips, but still. It says something. If Doritos is making a ketchup chip, you know there's something to be said for ketchup chips. So don't don't get it twisted. No, that's certified. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, you, four other guys, and a coach get to go play on the blacktop. So no refs. Like call your own. Right, you're at Kitts Beach or somewhere. You, I'll let you choose. It could be your favorite players all time. It could be guys that you played with. I have a feeling I already know who the coach is going to be, but who do we got? Who's out there rolling with, with the class? And... Wait, wait, hold on. Who, <laughs> are you talking about? So you, so you, like... you okay. got to pick four guys to hoop with. Oh my goodness. Holy cow. And I got to roll down the kids beach and beat everybody there by a hundred. Yeah. I mean, that's not going to be hard. Play for oh! I'm just playing. I'm just playing crazy. I never won the dolphin tournament, so I can't say nothing. I played like 10 years. The dolphin never won that place as well. That still hurts me to this day. Um, yeah, I won't sleep tonight. He's still mad that. about dolphin. He's still mad about the eight free throws in 2009 or whatever, <laughs> folks. Yeah, I played with uh, DJ Stephens this year um, in the Euro Cup. This dude's the best dunker in the world still at age 32, 33. Um, He's the most exciting player to watch in all of Europe uh, as, as from that position. He can touch his head on the rim in any spot. It's unbelievable. So if you, you know, anybody out there listening, he's, he's amazing at the, so bring him for sure. Cause he's going to do some stuff that are going to just make people go crazy. Okay. Um, Pops is going to be coaching. Obviously. Know? Yeah. Pops is going to be there coaching. And you know, what's crazy. My dad's going to make us play defense. It's going to be, we just want to be out there. <laughs> still, still going to be barking at you, man. I mean, like we just want to be out there playing his, like throwing lobs to DJ and, and it has been amazing. Um, no, I'm gonna bring my brother at the two, lock him in there with me. He can, okay. he can, hook. um, I play with some great players across my career, man. Holy cow. Um, I might throw Dalton Thomas in there. Uh, he's two way with the Spurs and then he's, uh, now he's in Basconia. Great player. Um, I played with, uh, Andre Baldwin this year, a Czech guy, <laughs> big man, uh, seven, three. 
and blocks everything, um, dunks everything. Yeah, he dunked Wemby in, in, in the in the championship this year. So nice. You need that on the yeah. blacktop too. You need a you need oh. that you need that base. Like someone goes by, you need a big man to got a bang on the blacktop. You need a, yeah, you need a foul, right? There's no fi- fouling out. It's like you just can't give up game point, right? I wish, um, you know, I wish one thing I do wish is I, I wish the, the the players that I've I've met across my career and even guys that, like when, when I was younger, I'd love to see them as if we could all play together as. Um, in our primes, you know, yeah. I would have loved to guard Steve Jansen in his actual prime when I was in my prime. Like, mm-hmm. let me have him now uh, when he was then, and mm-hmm. let's see what happens because he was just a feisty. Like we, like he would just fight anyone at any time just because of the, you know. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. No, those are good times. Those are good times. I coached oh, no. a half year at Langara, and Steve was on that team. And there'd be okay. a few days where, like, yo, man, can you just ch- chill out for a sec? Yeah. It's and Tuesday afternoon, got... bro. No one wants yeah. to be here. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Good stuff. Okay, man, this has been, uh, you know, great. Followed your career, no, you know, and, and it's been special and really enjoy meeting new people and chopping it up. Um, our last question before we let you go, though, is um, who would you like to see on a hoops journey? Who's got a good story out there? Only thing is you are the connect. So you're the plug. Someone that you know doesn't have to be a Canadian. Someone who you think's got a good story uh, would be good to connect with and wouldn't mind uh, talking to hoops with me. It's a great question. Do you want a player or do you want a coach? Don't matter to me. We've had them all. all. I'm going to play with the coach. coach. Is Ryan Pannon. I don't know if you know uh, Ryan. He coached me uh, in the G League um, with with Erie. Now is is Birmingham. Um, But he's now two-way. Not two-way. He's a two-way. He's now assistant coach with the Pelicans. Okay. I met this guy. I was uh, in between Romania and England in my first year, I, I we had to like be somewhere, you know. So yeah. my, uh, we flew up to Germany and we were working out for a team there, Frankfurt. And uh, Ryan was coaching at Hanu, like right next door, and he had me out there. And I'm telling you, this guy put me through a workout. It was like, it, it was ridiculous. Uh, just sprinting full court, layups, shots. It was crazy. At the end, he said, "You're out of shape. You're not worth it." But I'll sign you to my team. Like it was just, cra- it was ridiculous. <laughs> So he was coaching in Germany. Then we met up later and signed me to this team in the G League. And now he's a two-way. Uh, now he's I keep saying two-way. Now he's an assistant <laughs> with the Pelicans, and he's the best basketball mind I've ever come across. Um, nice. He's well recognized as like one of the top in the NBA, mm-hmm. and I he has some some concepts um, just about like basketball and the stats of basketball mm-hmm. and what kids should be practicing and, and like what the future of the game looks like that are that are so different. Cool. I actually want to do um, one of my visions for the pod is to. Uh, have a little bit of like what you're talking about X's nose or like a coaching series also. Right. So hearing people's stories, but also like, what is, what are your favorite things to run? How do you guard this? Or, you know, I think it would be kind of fun too. Right. So yeah. Dope, man. All right, Ryan, you've been put on blast. You're a busy man right now, but we'll get you. Um, if we can lock down Mayor Klassen in France sitting on his floor then we can get, then we could get you for sure. <laughs> That's a long off season for those NBA guys. So we- yeah, no doubt. He'll have time. Um, amazing, man. Best of luck um, with the rest of the season, being a family man, juggling it all. Any last thoughts or reflections before we let you go? No, it's been an amazing thing, you know, to be to be playing this long overseas and stuff. And, and uh, I just want to give all glory to God. And, and uh, again, shout out to, to my family for for being here because it's, it's just, this is a not an easy thing if you're overseas without a family. For eight, nine, 10 months, it's not easy. What a way to end it, man. What a way to end it. And it seems like you've got all the right people in your corner that you need. Um, and we wish you nothing but the best, man. Um, let's make sure we at least meet each other in person at some point. Um, and stay healthy and, and good luck to you and your team the rest of the way. All right, brother? 
Thanks. And check out Hooper IQ in two weeks. You got it. Two weeks. By the, this, it'll be live by the time this episode comes out. So everybody check it out. Get on it. I was scrolling on today. I'm planning to nerd on it a, a little bit later too um, until my wife tells me to get off my phone. But uh, good stuff, man. And thanks for helping grow the game in your own little way and, and being a mentor to people. Like you've mentioned, you know, talking with UBC guys or U-Sport guys, like it it means a lot because people need that. And we need, we need OGs to look out for these young people because some of them, you know, they struggle to make decisions or don't know and they don't know how to reach out. So it's important that mentorship's important. Yeah, keep it going, man. Reach out, reach out, reach out, guys. Everybody reach out. Appreciate it. Stay well, get rest, and uh, we'll chat soon. All right, brother? Thanks, guys.